At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone but not just anyone alma is there to help you find the right fit visit helloalma.com therapy 30 to schedule a free consultation today that's helloalma.com therapy 30 you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe visit hyundaiusa.com for more details hyundai there's joy in every journey Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back, BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Friday, football Friday here. A lot more NFL to get to, contest picks later on in this show with Joe and Paul, where they're at right now. But right now, let's go out to the guest line. Joining us is Pam Maldonado of Yahoo Sportsbook on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology, helping men all across America get back to the best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Pam, we always love having you on, and there's so many good weekends of college football. But this one is a great weekend of college football. Historic with all the teams going head-to-head and the top five matchups, top ten matchups. Pam, let's start with Tennessee and Alabama. It's a seven-point number right now with Tennessee as the underdog at home. Their offense has been so explosive. Hannon Hooker, Josh Heupel at the at the calls. What do you think here? And we don't quite know yet. We think Bryce Young, but we don't know quarterback for Alabama. What do you think in Alabama-Tennessee for Saturday? I'm interested in looking for the total. I think this number is just a smidge too high, and you're getting points of value. The line opened at 65. It is now up to 67. Whether it is Bryce Young or whether he sits and it is the backup in Jalen Milrow, He's a very serviceable serviceable quarterback, but he has only 19 passing attempts in a 24-20 win over AM. Why? Because he is a mobile quarterback, go figure. 83 rushing yards on 17 attempts last week. If that is the game plan, we know that Nick Saban is probably going to want to utilize his two running back studs in Gibbs, in McKellen, and Milrow now. Um, that slows mm-hmm. the pace down. And Hendon Hooker, he looks absolutely fantastic, absolutely. Heisman chatter all over the place. But whoever the, Vol- the Vols played, that resume, they looked spectacular against two MAC football teams. And now facing the top five defense in the Crimson Tide, this is the best defense by far that Tennessee is going to be having to face up until now. Saban, he controls the clock. He limits the play from Tennessee. I like the under on 67. Uh, what about uh, t- starting things off, the first big game of the day? It's really cool this weekend because you've got so many enticing matchups at every time slot. But the early one between Penn State and Michigan in Ann Arbor with the Wolverines favored by a touchdown. I am on the underdog, Penn State plus seven. And oh. I know that it's a very scary pick to take because Michigan tends to kind of roll over Penn State. But I think both of these defenses are a bit just overvalued. They look a lot better on paper than what they've actually had. Both top five against the run. 
neither defense in Penn State or Michigan has faced a top 75 rushing offense. So it's going to come down to who has the better run game. And on paper, you want to say that it's another Heisman candidate in Blake Corum for the Wolverines. But he is a one lone man. He he accounts for 60% of the Wolverines rushing production, half of the total rushing scores. You have a running back RB2 and Donovan Edwards, who's a very he's a serviceable uh, running back as well but he's utilized more as a catching back and he has just two rushing scores of himself coming off two yards per carry performance last week against indiana if you have just a one-man stud your star running back then penn state is easier to defend that one but them penn state themselves have a two-back system split scary split carries and scores between Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen. Singleton is a six foot running back. He's averaging 7.3 yards per carry. That is a very difficult man to defend. So I give the edge on rushing offense to Penn State. I like them. Their defense looks pretty solid. I like them having two back systems. So I'll take them as an underdog on the road to Michigan. I love it. This is going to be such a fun weekend and there could be some poll movement after this weekend. What about Oklahoma State TCU, a game that you were even thinking about going to? What are you expecting in this one? I'm super excited for this one. The total sits at 68 and a half. It's not high enough. This is could easily be an 80 point, 90 point, 100 point game. I mean, Oklahoma State is the best passing offense in the country right now, in my opinion. Spencer Sanders, he is a fantastic quarterback. He's probably the best quarterback in the Big 12. And that's probably not getting as much respect or recognition because the secondary for Oklahoma State is just atrocious. But TCU, they are coming off a win. They had 42-34 win over SMU. But the Mustangs quarterback, Tanner Mordecai, he threw two interceptions in that game. Both led to touchdowns for the Horned Frogs. Spencer Sanders, he has only two interceptions on the season. Plus, he's a mobile quarterback. He has 58 rushing attempts, 50-plus rushing yards in four games. That's an extra element of stress to TCU's defense. Um, they were having difficulty against Kansas with Jalen Daniels when he, before he even went down, after even he went down. And what happened? They just allowed the backup quarterback in Bean to just throw all up against them. Oklahoma State is a much tougher opponent. I love Oklahoma State plus three and a half. I love the over on 68 and a half. This is one of my favorite games that I'm looking forward to this weekend. Pam, uh, I'm a game that's kind of under the radar because it's not as big as the first three we talked about, but it's still a big game, is USC and Utah. You know, Utah, that loss last week, and that really knocked them back down. But they're back at home this week. They're favorites, three-and-a-half-point favorites over USC, who's ranked, you know, in the top ten of the country right now. 64-and-a-half for the total in this game. Is this a week Utah picks off USC and knocks them from the range of undefeated, or do you think we get a you know, road win by USC? What do you think on this game? Is this really an under-the-radar team? I, I I hear a lot of people talking about USC winning the Natty. I myself was like, okay, maybe this is a national title contender after all. But Utah, 11-1 and home record straight up since the 2020 season. The money line to take Utah is minus 170. That's super volatile to do in college football. So you have to consider the three and a half. But the Utes, they just play absolutely different at home, especially on defense. They allow only 6.6 yards per play on the road, but they limit their opponents to 4.8 yards at home. And this is not just the 2022 thing. This is consistent year after year. This is just a Ute, a different Utah team at home. Everything that they are they excel at 
they are so much stronger when they're playing in their home stadium. And I'm not sure that can, I'm not convinced quite yet that the Trojans are necessarily a good road team. They allowed mm-hmm. 28 points from Stanford from 440 yards of total offense and 200 of which came from rushing. They snuck out a three point win at Oregon state USC quarterback, Caleb Williams. Everyone's talking about him being a Heisman contender. He struggled against a Beavers defense and that is a worse defense than what Utah is going to be bringing in their home stadium. He had only Williams had only 44% completion one touchdown. He was sacked twice. He struggled mightily and this was at home, but I mean, Williams against a Washington state defense just last week, 51% completion. He threw for only 188 yards, but 38 came from one play. So are we convinced that Caleb Williams is as good of a quarterback as we were all talking, hyping him up to be preseason? This is Utah's Mm -hmm. defense in their home stadium. They're going to apply the pressure to Williams, force a turnover, get the win. We finally find out what USC is made of. And I wouldn't be surprised if Utah rolls uh, for like 40 to 20. (laughs) I feel pretty confident about that minus three and a half at home. Love it. Uh, Let's go back to the idea of college football volatility. Live dogs, some big potential upsets. Which teams made your list this week? Oh, man. Um, I mean, I already talked about Oklahoma State being one of them. Mm -hmm. I... I'm not gonna it's not a big dog, but I do like LSU plus two and a half at Florida. One aspect of this LSU team, maybe their offense is a little suspect, but their defense is really strong. LSU is the best fourth quarter defense in all of college football. If you look at the box scores, they're holding opponents to either shutting them out or a field goal. And that's actually, Florida is actually opposite. They're allowing the most points from their opponents to be scored in the second half. So it's a, it's a small dog, but I like LSU on the money line because this defense is actually pretty stout. They're top 10 in the red zone opponent uh, touchdowns allowed. They're top 10, top 25 in almost every statistical category when it comes to defending inside the red zone, defending touchdowns, limp, forcing more field goals than seven points. And I love teams like that who are catching points. What about Mississippi State, Kentucky? Any um, thoughts on that one? You know, uh, I know. <laughs> the Kentucky really. Wildcats. This is a team that I, I can't get my hand, my uh, grasp on. I mean, you played Florida, who is not as strong of a contender as we pegged them out to be preseason. You played a MAC team in Miami, Ohio, only by t- like two scores. You've played two MAC teams, NIU, you kind of struggled against. That was a one score game, and they allowed all the rushing yards. Ole Miss, that was a little bit more of a, a competitive matchup. I think Ole Miss is definitely one of the better ten, better teams in the SEC. Um, but I, I'm not sure. I would lean to the total on this and lean to the under just because, um, I mean, you have two really kind of good defenses, rushing offenses, uh, lean to the total on something that's a little bit higher than it should be. Pam, we can't go any further without asking about Syracuse. We have an undefeated Syracuse team. Paul Aspen, a Syracuse alum. He's ready for the Orange this weekend. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites over NC State. Now, NC State was a team I liked before the season. They've disappointed a little bit. They haven't been as good as I thought they could be. Do you, do, what, do we, what do you think about this? Because before the season, I would have said, oh, this is an NC State spot. I didn't think Syracuse would be this good. But things have changed. Syracuse favored by about three-and-a-half on Saturday against NC State. What do you think? Um, who has, I love, I, you can look at Syracuse and be like, oh, five and oh, they're a real contender. Who have they played? Um, you played UConn, 
Purdue is a pass-only team. You played Virginia, who struggles almost every season. Uh, and then that's it. Like, their resume is kind of made of a bunch of nobodies. And now you get NC State. Yes, their offense has been less impressive, but it's the strength of this defense has come in the strength of this team has come in the defense against Texas Tech, a high power passing offense. They beat them by two scores. I mean, if you look at the box, they have one game in, uh, they have one game that they match up to. They both played UConn and I mean, pretty comparable there, but then NC State has played a tougher straight slate of opponents in the last two games. You played Clemson, who's arguably a national title contender. You played Florida State, who has a really solid defense. Uh, even in week one against East Carolina, that's a really good uh, off offensive team. So now you have NC State that has a stronger resume. They're probably a little lackluster on stat-wise, but it's because they've played a tougher, tougher schedule of opponents. I like NC State catching the points against Syracuse, who's overvalued at this point because they're 5-0 and against much lesser opponents. Uh, Pam, in the NFL, I know over at Yahoo, you did a write-up on this Bengals-Saints matchup. Uh, it's it's interesting. With with this quarterback situation with New Orleans, we see how explosive they were, be it uh, against an awful Seahawks defense last week. But you're kind of thinking, man, the combo of Dalton and Taysom Hill might be better than what they would get out of Jameis. But but what were you thinking about a betting angle for Bengals Saints? I like the under on 43. Uh, one of the things that helped the Bengals get to the Super Bowl last season was the defense. They In the third quarter, the entire season, I believe they held opponents to a total of like 7 to 10 points the entire season. Well, that strength of the defense has replicated into the 2022 season. They have held every game for the Bengals so far has gone under its total. And why is because of similar of last year, second half scoring. They're holding opponents to field goals. In five games so far, the Bengals have given up a total of 21 total points all of them have been field goals. And three of those field goals came to one man, his offense and Lamar Jackson. And now you're going up against the Saints, whether it is Jameis Winston, whether it's Dalton um, or Taysom Hill, who knows what you're going to get. Uh, I mean, that's does is still not comparable to a Lamar Jackson. And even he was only able to get to convert those trips into field goals. But the Saints defense is also really stout as well. They're the second best in the NFL in red zone conversion rate allowed. They're allowing only... Third, the Saints allowing only 33% of red zone trips to be converted into touchdowns. So you have one of the best second half defenses in the Bengals against the Saints defense, who is absolutely stout inside the red zone. I this shouts under to me. Under 43 is the play that I would make and leave. It's a one point spread. Leave the spread up to chance, but I love the under. Great. I'm I'm gonna tail that one. Any other um, NFL games that you have your eye on? that you like side total you don't i mean you don't win by taking uh big spreads in the nfl too often but if the bucks cannot steamroll the steelers this week then i am absolutely terrified for what that means for the tom brady <laughs> offense um i mean this is a steelers team that is just so atrocious defensively it is not Typical of what we see from a Mike Tomlin defense, but how do you penetrate the Bucks defense? You're talking, I'm talking about offense and Tom Brady and what he can do to that Steelers defense, but the only way that you can penetrate a Bucks defense is with the run. We've seen it struggle in back-to-back -back weeks. They struggled against the Chiefs. They struggled against Atlanta's uh, 
quarterback in Marcus Mariota. Well, the Steelers still don't run. We've been saying this for the last couple of years. Not much has changed. Pittsburgh running back Najee Harris, he's averaging only 3.2 yards per carry. He has only one ground score. So if the Bucs can't defensively do something, defensively they should be able to stop the Steelers from any type of offense that being produced anything. I lean to the Bucs, but you don't make money off of big road favorites in the NFL. Um, backdoor covers, you have to fade them. Atlanta scored 15 in the fourth quarter. The Bucs scored zero, but easily, I believe that Bucks minus nine is the right side. I like it. Great stuff. Pam Maldonado of Yahoo Sports joining us there on the GetMyPhoenix.com. Guest on the Phoenix, a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best. If ever visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. We got a ton of NFL games to run through. We'll do that next right here on the BeckQL Network.